0: And in today's episode, I have the pleasure of digging into the mind of Graciela Take. She's the CEO of the Optimization Hub, and she has been mentoring and coaching a lot of these great athletes, sports team, high-performance people in the industry. So you don't want to miss out on this great episode where we're going to dig into how she's working with these kind of people, how, what kind of key elements you need, in the, and that she's expecting to see in the next few years. What are the... everyone and welcome back to the sporting World podcast and today i'm here with graciella and graciella how are you how's life in australia these days
1: i'm so happy to be here ole it's fantastic life is life is irregular like it is anywhere else around the world but i'm really pleased to be with you here today and to be in your fantastic environment and i'm i'm looking outside it's it's nighttime here. So you're sitting in the day, I'm, I'm at about 10 p.m. at night and I'm just enjoying seeing my day out, talking to someone wonderful about things that we're both passionate about.
0: Absolutely. Well, it's, it's a pleasure having you here. And I mean, like, I appreciate you, you know, just to, doing the podcast, you know, super late, you know, and just like, you know, being as dedicated as you are, it's, it's amazing. And we're gonna have a really cool conversation, you know, about, you know, your background, a lot of, you know, teaching, coaching, leadership, like what you guys are doing at the optimization hub. And, and just like, I, I guess, like a lot of tips that you have as well from your, you know, vast, vast experience in, in, in the sport industry. And and I think there's a lot of, you know, young people, you know, just sitting here, you know, listening now and just thinking like, okay, what what is, what is Graciela? What, what is her? What is her tips? What, what, what? How can she help me? You know, but, but we'll we'll get right to that, and 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 before we sort of like you know go into the tips and everything, I, I want one. I want you to just take us a little bit through your journey. Like, how, how did your journey in the sport Series begin? Like, take take it from the beginning. You know, like take us back. Take us back to where it all started
1: okay so how far back do you want to go given i'm 51.
0: Uh, uh, <laughs> you you decide that you know it's totally up to you
1: <laughs> all right so once again thanks for having me here and one of the big things that is a draw card for me to one accept the podcast and think wow what a great audience to speak to is my journey started very young um i'm Maltese italian of heritage i was born in mumbai india and my dad used to work with mother Teresa, and so i traveled around a lot my parents were diplomats and one of the things that you know that really settled me into any community and any environment was sport so i got to love sport trying things out doing things and my journey in starting the optimization hub didn't start with sport you know Mm. it's really interesting it's about doorways saying yes to things not knowing where it's going to lead you it's very much a tapestry of friendships in sport. Where I studied at Otago University, um, I lived in 13 different countries before I was 13 myself. Wow. The journeys that I took, um, I got to you know sit at amazing tables with diplomats and prime ministers at a very young age, and yet right. I knew what it was like to look at Islam and say, hey, you know, I that I'm responsible for that. I need to be able to encourage, participate and give, and that was very much through my dad's work. Yeah. So one of the things that, um, always occurred to me is the human condition and what, you know, allowed us to either thrive or just survive our lives. Mm. And very early I became fascinated with psychology. So Why? I ended up graduating in psychology, um, in forensics. And I went to Otago University, as I said, and I was surrounded by sports people there. So
0: my love
1: of sport started young. Why I got to where I did, there was some kind of interesting stuff in the way. Um, And a big journey through leadership, working with multinationals, speaking at the United Nations, working in different ways with different people. I remember at a very young age, I think I was 14. Mm-hmm. Uh, I won a ticket to go to a seminar. And, you know, my parent. I looked at it, and it was a, a seminar in psychology. And I said to my parents, oh, I don't want to go to this. You know, I'm 14. What am I going to get? They said, No, no, you right. should go. <laughs> so I went along and yeah. I was in this room with 35 men, twice my age, yeah. um, all learning about leadership and psychology and how to lead better and behave better and some of them were sports people as well right and so i went into that room a quiet you know 14 year old still you know personality but i just i just didn't think i belonged in there right but at the end of a two-day workshop i was talking chattering explaining being me and this group of men said to me Thank you, because you've reminded us that we're 14 inside. So one of the things I would say to your audience is that, you know, never let age or um, a question about whether you belong stand in your way, because the journey that you begin with is not necessarily where you're going to end up, but it's the things along the way that open doorways.
0: Right. No, that's that's like such a good insight too, And I think we all, you know, are so focused on like, Oh, I'm just, you know, getting older and like, you know, things are, you know, just happening. Right. And then, and then you're just like, well, what, what does your mind look like? Right. And, And I think like as well, you know, I just want to touch a little bit upon your, you know, I guess, international, you know, experience, so already at that young age, you know, being able to, like, just, you know, live in different countries, and I guess, like, that has shaped you a lot as a person, too, to t- talk a little bit about, like, just that, you know, I guess, getting the different cultures and perspectives in at an early age, and, and how that, I guess, like, impacted, I guess, your, your angle with psychology, because I, I see a, i, I wouldn't kind of like assume that you get a lot of you know all this culture all those insights are sure so like you, you learn a lot about people you know and then i think that i don't know like just share share your thoughts on like how that has formed you a little bit i guess
1: ah hugely i mean it's probably one of my favorite topics I um, mean yeah. i just I break glass ceilings a lot of the time, and I'm really passionate about young people. Right. I'm a mother of two. Um, I've got a 17-year-old who's played internationally and also who's lived in lots of different countries, and a 12-year-old. Both are taller than me, um, which is you know, not that hard, I suppose. Um, <laughs> one of the things that I think about quite often is, how diversity and inclusion can be words that roll off people people's tongues Mm -hmm. i was born in mumbai india but i'm maltese italian uh i have a heritage that goes back to the 14th century on my Maltese side and i lived in different countries and i can speak german and i can but i can't speak italian you know and i i embrace all cultures um i'm part of asia 21 because i'm considered to be asian because i was asian born Mm. i think what we learn, Eduardo, to come back to your question about cultures and belonging, when you go through living in different countries and you don't see race, creed, color or gender, you just see people for who they are right. and you enjoy them. Yeah, It gives you this wonderful, unique appreciation for relationship and relationship supersedes what you see on the outside. It's what yeah. you feel about someone. Right. And I guess that's become my barometer in life. I mean, I've taught leadership in, you know, 26 different multinationals. Yeah. And my greatest barometer is the emotional intelligence that you gain. So I believe that, you know, once we see a world without defining it with an outsider, an external or an ability, it, it becomes a real relating world. So
0: yeah.
1: I thrive through my differences. I didn't like them when I was a kid. Right. Different. I didn't like people not being able to say my name Graziella like you know I don't know how many different versions of that have I got but right. I said you know I also didn't look the same as everyone in the places that I lived and I didn't have a family there it was just my mom and dad and you know so many things about difference sort of ruled that type of the world and I could have gone a very different way but I embraced those differences, but I also didn't see differences in other people, and I think that's enhanced my ability to be whatever I need to be in the roles that I've taken on, Mm -hmm. and I would say to any young person out there listening to this podcast, especially who wants to get into the sports industry and who's looking at how do I fit myself as a square peg in a round hole, don't worry about it. Just be who you are, and and don't see the differences. You know, right. explore them, adventure. Yeah.
0: No, hundred percent, and and I mean, like I, I think, you know, just us as well talking a little bit behind the scenes here before the podcast was started we we're talking a lot about like your uh, your gut feeling right and sort of like making a little bit of decisions and and sort of like trusting your gut you know what it says about people and i think that was a very interesting you know statement and, and i mean like as well uh for me being a young leader right it's sort of like starting to like trickle the importance of like your your emotional emotional like I guess not, not, not necessarily being steered by your emotions, but in a sense, like utilizing that in together with your intelligence, right? As you you, you were saying uh, b- before we started. And I guess like, I, and I think like one of the challenges as I was kind of like framing this is, is like a lot of young people, right? As of like, you know, they're very passionate. They're very, you know, hungry to kind of like, you know, go in certain directions and they, you know, maybe have like some set frameworks and goals, but but a lot of people are like kind of you know, they just want to work in sports. You know, that's, that's sort of like their their main objective, their main goal. And I guess like in that process of finding yourself, like how how, how and where do you start sort of like listening to your emotions as, in a sense of like, I guess, utilizing those and then taking those decisions on the way? Because that is kind of hard when you're young. It is. And you know what? All I'd
1: say to you and to the audience is, I don't feel any different inside than you do. You know, quite often I I listen to people, they sound really amazing, people tell me I sound really amazing and I look at them and I think I'm no different to you and and they're no different to me. Right. There's there's a, a young person inside each of us that just craves to belong to something or be appreciated for what we do. Mm-hmm. That never goes away. Um, you've asked a couple of questions in there and and one of them was when do you learn to listen to your, your gut, your emotions? And I think another way to answer that is when do you learn to respect it? You know, Mm. I think we always have those feelings, but we don't always learn to trust them and respect them. And one of the earliest things that I learned, so my first, you know, sojourn into my career is when I graduated was going into forensics and I know you asked me a very important question, you know, before we started our interview, which was how did I get into, you know, to sport and psychology. And one of the things that I did when I graduated was, or before I graduated was I, I asked people in different industries, how do I develop a career in psychology? What did you do? What did you learn? Mm-hmm. And, you know, find the people that aren't afraid to share what, you know, they've learned, because I really believe that's important. And I remember a great lady said to me from KPMGs, actually, she said, Oh, look, you know, I, I would recommend you get into forensics before you get into corporate or sports or do anything, because it's going to teach you a lot about instinct. And it's going to teach you a lot about your emotions, and it's going to challenge you. And I said, okay, great. So I applied for forensics, I applied for um, aviation, and I applied for working in aeronauticals. And I got offered a position in the US, I got offered a position, um, you know, working with the airlines as well. And I got a position offered to me in forensics. I went to all these great interviews. And when I was in my panel interview, I really relied upon my emotions and my instincts, and I was really truthful in myself. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to show people who I was as well as what I knew. And yeah. I'd actually been through six years of volunteering, you know, and I know the challenges that young people face, especially now trying yeah. to break into industries. And quite often I say to them, look, you know, be an intern, trial some things out, find the right person who will open a lot of doors for you because. Sometimes, you know, people tend to whiplash or use interns or use young people, you know, in their industry. And you've got to find someone who's keen to develop you. Mm. And that's to expose you to different things, to teach you different things, to teach you how to trust your emotions and your instinct alongside how to do a task. Because if you want to develop yourself in a career, it's going to come down to how much you take on board and skills, but how much you grow as a leader of yourself and Mm. in your capacity to deliver something in bigger and bigger ways to take larger positions. So to do that, you've got to trust what you do. And that's a combination of having the knowledge and trusting your emotional intelligence as well. And those things grow as you move through industry. And so that faster you can get access to someone who's going to teach you how to do that. I mean, that's why I do the work that I do in sport and why we mentor young people is because the faster that they begin to do that and have access to tools to do that, the quicker they're going to succeed. And we're keenly interested in the organization I have at the optimization hub in seeing young people succeed because all the things that we trip over they don't need to trip over
0: you right know? no 100 percent. and i mean like and that's why you're here right to, to share that passion and that insights so, you know all these young people that are listening and tuning in and, and let's let's go you know to your to your role as the CEO of the organization hub now and i guess like you know you touch a little bit upon like some of the work that you're doing but i guess like if you if you want to kind of like map out like what is the core purpose of the optimization hub and how do you how do you make an impact you know in the industry like in, in the sport industry i guess like if you focus more on the sports side what is your angle and your focus with the sport industry
1: so the biggest thing for me in arriving at um evolving the optimization hub so innovating it and developing a world first curriculum in the optimization hub was really about sports tech for mental health. Um, because it was the missing component tree. So A lot of my life was spent in developing leadership and corporate. So I went from forensics, graduating, going through forensics, working in a maximum security jail, then coming out and working in corporations, working with 26 multinationals, developing leaders, working with vast teams, speaking at the United Nations, to always having sport beside me and evolving by cultural therapy and seeing this consequence that sport was always building society it was always part of what we did in corporations and I worked with sports and sports teams when I sort of saw sport professionalizing I didn't really pay attention to that fallout rate later on and Mm -hmm. what I began to see quite you know quite honestly was about five or six years ago it was brought to my attention when I returned to Australia after traveling and working in different places that sport wasn't doing so well that you know people were transitioning out of sport with mental health issues they were transitioning out early from sport without the careers they were hoping to get and those young people who were seeking to get into sports careers were finding all sorts of barriers and mm. so the optimization hub's sole purpose is to deliver and serve the youth sports population and the sports population in coaching and leadership in the development of the EI and the I, you know, the IE kind of technology, which is the emotional intelligence and also the skills and tools to prevent those either mental health issues to raise mental agility, to provide skills and tools to fast track success.
0: Mm. Now,
1: one thing that gets in the way for every young sports person when they're onboarding into sport or the sports industry is not just their identity or their confidence, but it's also their thought processes, their mental agility, their resilience, their transitional capability. All those things get in the way. Now in corporations, we we teach those tools as you Mm. come in, but in sport, nobody teaches you that, nor do they teach you that coming into a sports industry. And so sports industry is one of the youngest industries it also attracts a lot of young people and sport itself has this midline of second tier athletes that feel like they can't go anywhere when they don't succeed at a national level or succeed in a sports career. And so they're kind of left in limbo. Mm. Our primary focus is to deliver a world-first curriculum, which is what we do for transitioning, for onboarding and offboarding into sport, but also for onboarding into sports careers and growing those sports careers. So whether you want to develop yourself as an athlete, you want to develop yourself as a coach, you want to develop yourself in sports leadership and governance, we have a fast-track course for you. And yeah. those courses are four to six weeks long, but they are, you know, very successful and one of the reasons they're so successful is we also work in a group environment and we expose you to mentors from around the world and people who can work with you and fast track your success so that when you come out the other end you come out equipped to turn those stumbling blocks into stepping stones
0: right right and and i guess like as well though because now you know you've been you know focusing a lot of this for for you know since you said like you you, you came back to australia kind of like seeing here like how how the sport industry was actually at this 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 status and the situation and as you say like it is an extremely you know young in- industry and and it's so attractive like everyone is just kind of like seeing the glamorous side of sports you know everyone thinks they're gonna you know uh meet messi and ronaldo and like whomever you want to do right and you're just like that's that's how it is working in sports but then but you can't you like, can you you can of that. course Yeah,
1: you can can do anything. I found myself speaking in Prague beside Ronaldo's doctor.
0: Right.
1: You know, know, with what you do, your doorways are open. There's limitless capacity and capability. And I I want to encourage everyone to go out there and and seek it out. But the thing is that, you know, your mind stops you, your habits around, you know, the things that you, you don't feel that you're able to do, your mental agility stops you all the time right if you've got track of that and if you're focused here yeah everything's open to you
0: right no and that, that, that's a massive thing and, and and I wanted to talk a little bit about like how I guess like some of the priorities has changed in in the sport industry itself and obviously you know you have a tons of experience working in high performance elites like coaches you know the teams and everything and and looking a little bit back like how i guess their priorities were you know when you started this and where it is you know this year you know and and especially i guess like i guess that also the pandemic itself impacted that but how how is that going to change you know working with with these kind of like athletes coaches you know on their priorities um
1: so we've had the privilege of working beside colleges uh, and, you know, our clients are colleges. So we would have, you know, a hundred or so athletes coming through from a college or sporting teams working internationally. So we work in, you know, 20 different countries around the world. We have trainers all around the world, but we work online on an online platform. Right. It didn't really impact us because our online platform has always been there. It's been accessible. That's why we built it. We knew that the sports industry and that our young people needed something that was fast and economical, but also in touch Mm -hmm. and really visible and really appealing to their speed and their agility and their needs right then and there. So the platform does that, but, and the courses are short and succinct. How it changed things for me personally and maybe for my team is that I was getting on and off planes as well and speaking at various conferences and also being able to deliver it to you know audiences internationally every four to six weeks, I was going right. someplace. So obviously we're not traveling. Yeah. Um, in some ways, it's provided an opportunity. I mean, it saddened me to see how it's impacted, our young athletes and our industries and our young people, but I think through this we can transition really well.
0: Mm-hmm. We
1: have this wonderful thing called the internet. We have this capacity to do what you and I are doing. You're sitting in Norway and I'm sitting in the Gold Coast. Yeah. Now I should be at this particular time sitting in Jamaica, but you know I'm in the Gold Coast. So yeah. one of the things that you know I want to sort of to encourage everyone to think about is. The glass isn't half empty, it's full. Mm. Um, you know, we're not going through a world war and we're we're able to say, yes, we're limited, but look what we can do. I can right. sit here with you in two different time zones and we can make something happen. So that's how we have looked at it at the Optimization Hub. Mm. We have seen the fallout and we've worked... In a very agile way to make sure we're delivering to sport internationally to its teams, its communities, its people, but also other industries around sport who've needed us and massive events
0: yeah and and you're touching upon something really really important there too of of like you know realizing just just the opportunity and focusing on what are the opportunities here instead of the the limitations right i think everyone were you know of course you know frustrated about like okay i can't can't go travel i mean like yeah and, and i know the feeling i mean like 2019 for us we were like probably half the year we were like gone traveling you know like somewhere across Europe like even Miami you know and we were like everywhere you know sharing the the, the happy happy message of sporting global and what we do right and so suddenly like you can't travel like everything stops and then we we're just like well what can we do what can we actually achieve out of this like what are some of the things that we can do and then we just like open an entire new like scope of like you know, events and, and, and and listening to like our, our clients and partners say like, well, what do they need? Right. How can we tailor that based on where we are right now? How do we like elevate that? Because as well as being innovative, being like a startup mindset and in a startup kind of space, you can do this thing a lot faster than a normal organization can. And hence, you know, there's so much opportunity and thinking about that though, just narrowing it down to like one individual. You only have to think about yourself. So now you're just like having a world of opportunities of like stuff that you can do. You know, you can can use all the tools that are out there to learn new things. You can, you know, connect with people in a lot more easier way probably as well because people are more acceptable now to having, you know, online calls, having phone calls like Zoom calls or whatever you need because that's the new normal, right? So it, it just creates an entire new, you know, way of thinking. And once you sort of like cracked a little bit that code of like, okay, there's actually maybe like where you've been kind of stuck in your, uh, you know, in Norway and just thinking like, okay, I have to connect with people in Norway. And then you're like, well, actually there's no difference now. Like if I set up a meeting, I can set up with that person like in Norway or you could be like in the US or you could be in the Gold Coast. You could be in, you know, wherever it is. The only thing you have to think about is the time zone, right? But I mean, like, that's that's fine. You make it work, you know? And and that's how we met. That's how we spoke, you know, through like, you know, digital events, through like, you know, meeting different kinds of people and, you know, now we're working together. So there's, there's a lot of possibilities, but it's like, how do we open the eyes of like, seeing that because i think that that that's a very hard thing to do as well like in the pandemic like everyone's just like so focused on their oh like my cases you know situations happening and then you're just like what what where do i start you know how can i you know start looking and open opening our eyes and that's why it's so important what what you guys are doing you know like just providing those you know courses those opportunities and and once you sort like again seeing that opportunity and taking advantage of it like there's so much that you can do but you gotta gotta help we gotta help them a little bit you know to open open their eyes
1: (laughs) you know that is such um an insightful and important thing to say because i often think about it like you know when you go to a massive event i know that when i spoke at sport accord on a panel and um, I spoke at a medical conference, You, you kind of, you're at those conferences, people come and talk to you. right? And then when you go to something, you've got to go and network and talk to people. So quite often, you know, I would speak in an event and I'd get, you know, people coming up to talk to me afterwards. And then I'd find myself going, four different places, four different countries to go and talk, post that event because they liked what they heard. Right. One of the key things I think for every young person is learn how to use your room, you know? So find out what your room is and learn how to use it. Learn how to network, because your room is now this online environment, this, this online ability. And I think Sporting Global provides that incredible platform, you know, attend courses, get to know people. And make sure that you you network, you go and you attend online events because they're out there and they're available to you. And I think that's the thing that, that I learned very early is that you have to get up and you have to go talk to people. Now, you don't have to go very far in this pandemic because you have to talk to people in this environment. Now, there are different sorts of limitations going on in different countries. Some countries are open, some countries are closed. Vaccines are changing things a little bit. And we can't predict the future, but we can decide what we want it to look like Mm -hmm. and that it's not going to be limited. So if you know where you want to end up, how you get there is probably going to need a couple of contingencies in a very changing and adaptable environment. But it's equally important to be able to use every room that you're in to just be open, be authentic, be who you are, and and learn and expose yourself to skills and tools. I mean, I can't impress enough how I value the tools that we teach because we used to teach them to leaders all around the world and they often said to us, we wish we had these tools when we were young. I believe the toolkit that we teach people is is priceless for life. You know, it's the greatest gift. I believe platforms like Sporting Global, where you put yourself up and you put yourself out there and you're telling people a bit about what you're doing and you're developing that is equally important. Attending as many events as you can go to is important and, and asking questions. So in this environment, you have to make everything about what's your room. What do you want it to be? It can be as big or small as you want it to be. Yeah. Don't make it small. Make it big. The world is big, but you can access everything through this wonderful internet. I mean, Eduardo, when when I you know when I was talking to Eduardo the other day, I said to him, um, you know, you're really lucky you and Ole because when I started work, I had black screens with white text on them, and that was a computer for us. Mm-hmm. I had a phone that opened like this, right? <laughs> and someone gave me a phone in a suitcase when I started work yeah. in my 20s. And I went, what is this thing? Look at this. Look at what we've got. Right? You know, you can find anything you want to find out. So get excited. And, and if you feel scared or you feel like you don't know what you're doing, just reach out and and ask for that help. Find those mentors, you know, find the people who can help you get there. Because your room is only as small as you want to make it
0: right so that's that's the clip of the podcast what's your room find your room (laughs) (laughs) for sure for sure um i I wanted to go a little bit on to like you know your I, i guess like from of course like the optimization hub but also personally like mentoring a lot of these you know young athletes plus you know sport professionals coming up in the industry and and looking at what are some of the key demands you foresee in the next few years just just a little bit crystal ball here like looking ahead like what what are some of the you know key demands you foresee for them
1: i see the biggest um barrier in you know in our world being uncertainty um and i see the demands at the moment Uh, being slightly exacerbated by the anxiety and the uncertainty of the future and some lost hopes. I also see the economic strains that are coming up around the world and the importance of avoiding media that um, overemphasizes the anxiety. And again, you know, coming back to creating your room, I think I find with um, some of the governance and leadership work that I'm doing at the moment, It's very much about reinforcing some of the things that we've been talking about here Um, yes we teach governance yes we teach leadership but we're also bolstering everyone's individual capacity to trust themselves to be able to orient past anything that occurs Mm -hmm. i think there's a sense of hopelessness in some situations but there's also a sense of concern about things such as you know the integrity of certain industries um will i you know will i be able to get someplace? and i think those barriers are exacerbated by not being able to plan the way we used to so i find myself in lots of mentoring situations saying one really important thing just go do it Mm. Don't sit there and overthink everything and overanalyze. Shut off the media that is telling you to be anxious. Instead, turn on your own choices and you know, start to move ahead. And I think it's, it's just more the sense of ingrained uncertainty that's providing barriers right now.
0: Yeah. No, for sure. Um...
1: I hope that answered your question
0: yeah no it, it it really does because I, I think it's important for these these young people to um, to kind of like just think a little bit about like what are some of the you know what are some of the key things i have to focus on right now and i think you're touching upon a very like important issue of of like just that um you know you, you kind of like before it was a lot of, easier to kind of like plan your future in a sense i I know that's kind of like sounds very cliche and and kind of weird but but it was sort of like everyone was like people didn't see like limitations right because nobody was picturing a world pandemic right and then kind of like everything just turned upside down and you kind of like well where do we what do we do now right and i guess guess it's sort of like as well what you were talking about of like you know knowing your room and i guess like that room as well can you know uh, grow or, or shrink accordingly to like where you're you're going you know in in that pad as well of like how do you you know maintain your or bring your room with you you know <laughs> wherever you're you're going right and 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 so that kind of like opens uh, an entirely you know different focus where maybe you were very you know i guess had a very big room if you were still talking about a room perspective and then now maybe it's easier to just like narrow it down and kind of like, okay, start with you, right. Start with like, where do I, where do I go from here? And you talk a lot about like, what are kind of the people that you have in that room with you? Right. So bringing that kind of like element in of like guiding you to that, you know, end goal or wherever that is, because I I guess as well, like, you know, although there's, there's a lot of people that's been involved in a lot of different situations and scenarios, this this pandemic was new for everyone, right? And everyone had to, to kind of like figure it out and solve it in a sense. And, you know, being able to have people like yourself, like others, you know, involved in that room with you, you know, to kind of like guide you a little bit, you know, making sure that, okay, how do you solve those, you know, challenges that are coming and, and are here right now? And, and I mean, like one of the key things we've been focusing about is, It's the flexibility, right? Adaptability to people, like how do you adapt, right? And I think like, that's one of the key lessons I I see like with the pandemics, like your adaptability, it's a great time to be able to, you know, working on being more adaptable to the situations because it's not gonna be the last time some situation is gonna come up. Maybe like the pandemic, you know, maybe we'll have a new one. Maybe there's, nobody knows, right?
1: One of the things that you touched on there was adaptability. And in, in my former life, I used to work as a change agent as well in, in corporations. Mm-hmm. And one of the things we were constantly trying to teach people in leadership was how to manage change, how to maintain resilience through change, because change is a constant. It's the only thing you can't you know, right. stop. But also we were looking at engagement, you know, how engaged do you stay through change, which is reliant upon your resilience. And so focus and those mental skills I was talking about were, were key assets during, during those times of teaching leadership. Mm-hmm. And I, I really truthfully believe, you know, and, and I guess coming back to that concept of a room, when you begin an organization or a business, you form an advisory board, you always find a group of advisors who will help you to take those steps ahead. You'll have a legal advisor, a financial advisor, um, you know, an insurance advisor, all those people that are there, but then you also get some mentoring. And so you, often businesses have an advisory board or advisory capacity. Yeah, You have another couple of things that influence us in this particular world now, and that's media and mm-hmm. social media, which is that race to consistently get ahead of comparison right. and I truthfully believe that that can be um, either uh, a real precursor to success, or it can be a real hindrance. It depends how you use it. Mm-hmm. And so I think for every young person that's listening, I would encourage you to think about your room consisting of those advisors that you needed, who your safety net was, where your stop valve was with social media or media. And whether or not you're steering your ship, your room, you know, your direction, because you've got to build on what you want, not what you're told to want. So Mm -hmm. you have to really think about what that is. And to do that, you need the right kind of advice as you go. Um, So like a business, you're, you know, you as an individual have to have those advisors it's important you know to think about who do you trust to give you that guidance and the other thing you need to be thinking about is where is my stop valve where am i going to stop listening to the audience you know it might be the friends who tell you that you can't get ahead when you know that you really want something and they say hey don't dream too big it might be you know a number of athletes say to me that they get used to having to love the haters the people that don't like them because they're successful right you know so it's important to decide where your valve is where you're going to stop listening to an audience that's too critical Where you are going to stop comparing yourself to everything else that's happening and we're going to start choosing what you're going to put in so you mm-hmm. get something better out
0: right no it's 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 extremely important and there's some you know, definitely key and hard lessons, you know, to, to, to learn from this and, and to work on. I mean, like that's, that's the exciting part too. It's, it's a, it's a process and you never learn, you never stop learning. You know, it's, it's, it's always, you know, keep, keep like, you know, getting new inputs, new insights and, and having, like you said, great people around you to like, you know, guide you and making sure that you're on that right path, because it's, it's very hard doing things alone it's not impossible of course but once you sort of like as well getting to that space of like your room and knowing a little bit where you're going it's it's a lot also easier to know like who do you bring in that room with you and I think that's that's a very key thing to to take with uh with with you as well like as, as a young professional like you don't need to know exactly from the beginning like who do you bring in but once you kind of like start you know Going into that space, you, you kind of like see, okay, that makes sense or that makes sense. And then you kind of like just start filling your room with those kind of people that you want want inside that fits with your values, your your way of thinking, you know, the, the approach that you want and that you think is going to help you reach the goals that you have.
1: I think, you know, I was thinking about this when you were speaking there, you know, there are going to be situations that are going to come up for every young person, for every one of us that are going to be tough and difficult and unexpected. And we're going to sit there and go, oh, my gosh. And I remember, you know, when I walked into a maximum security jail for the very first time and I was the youngest female and um, I came in, head tied back like this and, you know, shirt buttoned up to here and no makeup on and kind of walked in and went, you know, right. This is something I really want to be doing. And mm. I remember I had all my counterparts and they stood behind me and said, you know, and I said, oh, why are you standing behind me? And they said, well, we need to see people's response to you. We need to see their response to you. So I walked in the first set of grills and of course the grills close and you're in there with all these inmates and you know towards me in that jail walked an amazing guy at that point in time he was our co so this was in new zealand mm. and co is an elder you know in new zealand sure. and he was the co-mart of the department of corrections So very important man throughout he'd been on my panel he said hey sunshine's walked into the jail and he walked me through the jail never had a problem working there for nine years you know i, I saw a lot of things um I went through a lot of experiences, and a lot of them I can't really narrate. I saw horrific things that men could do to each other and that did, you know, to other human beings. But I think the importance is, when I walked into that jail, I, I I took my room with me, which is something you said before. And my response to things that, you know, other people put in front of me that is supposed to be fearful is, I'd rather that you hear my voice than my attitude. So I'd rather that you hear me say, yeah, definitely, I'll, I'll give that a go. And and not an attitude from me, not a defensiveness. So mm. I'm always about saying yes to things and knowing that I can trust myself to get through them. Mm. And if I don't know how to get through them, that I'm, I'm gonna have the right people around me to rely on. So when you're alone in situations, that's when, these habits that we're talking about really come into play mm-hmm. because you're going to have to combat something at some point that you don't know how to handle, whether right. you're going into your first career or you're into your first boardroom, or you don't know what you want to be doing with your life, and you're sitting, you know, in an apartment someplace, and, or you know, in a library or a university, or walking down the road thinking. I'm afraid. I don't know what to do next. That's when you've got to grab hold of your room.
0: Yeah. Oh, it's, uh, that's it. Uh, that's, uh, I mean, like, we, I think we almost had to have like an own episode on your, uh... Your your prison <laughs> prison experience, <laughs> like it sounds. For those of you that are like coming in right at this point and just hearing like prison experience, it sounds very <laughs> very fascinating. But uh no, but uh on, on a serious note, though, I'm mean like, I guess you learn a lot about people too. You know, like being in that position again. You know, and just seeing, you know, I guess a lot of people in their lowest, you know, as well, and uh, and kind of like as you were saying, like a lot of different things, you know, coming up of that and, and then true that, you know, you learn a lot about yourself as well and, and how to like, okay, as you're saying like bringing your room with you. Um, I, I wanted to kind of like, you know, start start wrapping up here in, in a sense. And, and first and foremost, I just want to like congratulate you on being the 2020 overall inspirational leadership award winner. That's, that's pretty cool though. Congratulations. How does it feel?
1: It felt pretty good to to get that at the time. I mean it was unexpected. Yeah. Um, and I feel really privileged to to get an award but really humbled as well because you're always in really incredible company. Yeah. Um you're awarded with something, you look around and you think wow, these people are pretty incredible. And I guess what comes with you? that too, <laughs> What comes with that too is I just want to go on inspiring, you know. And I, I think about achieving an award as a woman. Um, and I, I look around me at other young women and I say, you can do this too. And other young men and, you know, um, those who have accessibility challenges. I'm always about when I've attained something, how does this make way for others to do it better and do it faster? Yeah. So thank you. It feels amazing. But... um. I have to say that a lot of the time, I think my greatest achievement is being a mother.
0: I can't relate to that. So, you know, I'll go for some awards or away. something. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's, uh, that's great. And, and I mean, like, yeah, no, I, 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 I can, uh, you know, understand, you know, that as well. And I guess like, you know, for, for you, uh, you know, uh, now you're, I guess your your biggest, What can I say? Your biggest focus is like, how do you help your kids succeed? Right. And like, make sure that they're happy and that they are following their path and journey and, you know, are, are, are happy on their way in life. That's, I, I must be the happiest achievement.
1: Well, I got to, I've gotta let you in a secret. They parent me. They're they're actually the bosses of the house. So
0: there you go. go. Insights at Sporting Global Podcast. The <laughs> there you go. We we get it. The news comes first at Sporting Global Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh but I, I want us wanna sort of like you know wrap up here. I mean like we we've been you know touching upon like a lot of different insights, a lot of different tips, guidance, like on, on true, like, you know, different kind of topics and journeys. And, and we want, I I wanted to sort of like, just narrow it down a little bit, like just kind of like finalize this, you know, at, at the end here. And, and, and of course, like you you talked about like, you know, some, some key tips for, for students, professionals, you know, kind of like in the space that we are right now, but just just try to kind of like, just you know, if there's based on everything that we talked about, like if there's like just a few key things that you just like that they're going to sit back with now as, as, you know, finalizing in the podcast here, what were some of the key things that I, that they should remember from this podcast? What are some of the key tips that they should bring with them and, and that they're like, okay, I'm done listening with the podcast. This is the actions I'm going to take, you know, after this, what would that be?
1: For any young person that wants to get into the sports industry or get into any industry, yeah, the key takeaways I'd love you to take away from today is that you can do anything you set your mind to. The love first thing you've got to do is be a little bit kind to yourself and decide what you know are your big, hairy, audacious goals, your things that you think you can't achieve, write those down and then decide you know who you can get the best experience from and start to research what they do how they do that and then think about who your advisors need to be and start to build that safety and that trust both in yourself and in the environment into the environments that you want to be part of and know that you've got safe people that are your go-to people because when you've got that you can go and work with that environment knowing that you've got some solid structures in place Mm -hmm. don't expect everything to go perfectly know that if it doesn't go perfectly through one closed door there's another open door so whenever something shuts down or doesn't feel right listen to the instinct don't feel bad or sad about it just sit with it for a little while And look at other opportunities and be aware that in two or three weeks, it's going to turn. Something else is going to happen. Have other routines that you have in place that keep you moving in a certain direction. Make sure that you stay stimulated and and mentally agile around the things that you want to be doing and you know you're going to get there you're you're going to get to where you want to get to but you have to make sure that the basics are always taken care of say yes be kind to people make sure that you know you're working with other people um and try not to you know just think about yourself because if you're in an act of giving if you're going out there and you you want to learn if you give your time to people Quite often that can turn into a role as well.
0: Yeah. Oh, for sure. I mean, like, it's just a perfect way to end this podcast with Graciela. It's, uh, it's been a pleasure, you know, having you part of this, you know, and, and it's always, you know, kind of like just listening, hearing, hearing your, you know, insights, your thoughts, your, uh, just, there's a lot of, you know, experience there that we, we, we could, uh talk a lot about i think i mean like we're uh we're just scratching the surface but there's some there's some really key things of course that we could uh we have to dive into i think you know at, at, at some point you know in the future we have to go a little bit deeper into things but uh for now you know like i said it was uh enormous pleasure having you part of this podcast and for sharing your your thoughts and insights and uh, to wrap things up i mean like i don't know if you're aware of our little tradition that we have in the sporting global podcast but that's uh i gotta learn you some Norwegian that's the tradition
1: (laughs) i love this go on give me some Norwegian i'd love it
0: well, I mean like we, we we have to bring something back, you know, like uh, yeah, yeah, to yeah, yeah, yeah. so about much. Like
1: I'm <laughs>
0: <laughs> so with it with every every you know podcast video we do, we always finish with V which means see you later in Norwegian. So there you go. There you go. Yeah, amazing. Great job. I mean, like, I'm so I'm I'm so uh can I say i'm so gladly uh and happy about like everyone is like they're, they're they're like so good at saying it i'm like maybe my language isn't that hard anymore <laughs> uh,
1: i love it be snackers and i can't wait till i see you again
0: awesome Be kiss <laughs> take
1: care
0: thank bye you bye <laughs>